Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Delvecchio, and I'm here with my friend and colleague and co-author, Nancy Saxton Lopez. And we are thrilled to be with you. This is an opportunity for us to share some thoughts and information that will be helpful to people who are in one way or another dealing with the bereavement and the grief related to losing an animal companion. We have this broadcast because we very much would like to take the information that we gained facilitating pet loss groups for many years, many decades, in fact, with our combined experience. And we put that information and that guidance into a book called The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. And we now have the opportunity through this broadcast and through the podcast the podcast audio recording to share some thoughts and information with a much broader audience. So it's great to be with you and we welcome your comments and questions so we can be easily reached. You can reach me at Ken D D V my initials D D V at gmail.com. And you can reach Nancy at N Saxton Lopez at C S M P C.com. And I'll spell that out, N-S, I'm sorry, N-S-A-X-T-O-N-L-O-P-E-Z at csmpc.com. This program, we'd like you to know, also is a friend of Dakin Humane Society. Dakin Humane Society is in Springfield, Massachusetts. It's a 501c3 community-supported animal welfare organization that provides shelter and medical care and spay-neuter services along with behavioral rehab for more than 20,000 animals and people every year. Since it first opened in 1969, Dakin has become one of the most recognized nonprofit organizations in central Massachusetts and a national leader in animal welfare. You can learn more about Dakin and make a donation. Please consider doing so at dakinhumane.org, D-A-K-I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E, Org. Nancy, want to get us started? Okay. So this is one of our favorite topics. Um, and we have had one uh, podcast on this already. I, I went into a little more detail with this one. I really wanted to get some information from um, animal communicators, uh, psychics, mediums that from their cases, you know? So, I mean, I did a lot of research looking up stuff. Now there is a lot of information on the afterlife of, and of, of animals. I mean, there's just a lot of it. And I think that the caveat is, is that we wanna be careful because, you know, it is an individual, you know, kind of process with this, uh, what people believe and don't believe. But at the same time, I mean, some, some of these people probably do have a wonderful and amazing gift and others may not so much. So. You know, it, you mean that some animal communicators yeah. are probably legit and others are hucksters. <laughs> it's a possibility. And so, you know, but um, I want to start with my experience because mm -hmm. finally a week, a, a week and a half ago or so, I got to speak to a medium. Um, mm -hmm. She does animals and people and um, and she's an animal communicator. So she she does talk to uh pets who have have crossed and it was really interesting because she she had a lot of on target um information um 
But what happened initially is my parents came through, which all of a sudden my mother came through, my father came through, my grandfather came through. I mean, it was just all these people, which was really important and really cool. Um, and, and it was really interesting because the, the, the first thing, one of the first things she said from my mother was at, at the end of September, like September 23rd or something like that was important. <coughs> and excuse me. And um, my, her sister, my aunt is dying and did actually die the day after this reading and her birthday is September 22nd. So it was really interesting that she had that information. So what, um, what did she what did she say? That so, so my mother had said what, September. She gave the medium this September September date. Now the medium was like it was a twenty third, twenty fourth. I'm not sure, but something in September is really important. Well, my aunt's birthday is September twenty second. She would have been one hundred and four, uh-huh. and she died the day after my reading, which was the fourteenth, which was really kind of interesting. And my mother had told the medium, "I'm I'm working. I'm around her." I'm around my sister. Oh, she said she's around yeah. your. She had and she had sister. the name. She said it's like Jen, Jenna, Jennifer, and it, and her. She goes by Jenna. So it was really fascinating. So all that started to happen. But I, I want to talk to the dogs, right? I mean, I wanted my dogs to come through. So I said to her, you know, and, and after a while, I said, I want to. Where are the dogs, right? And I, I want to talk to them. And she said, all of a sudden, whoa, do you do? You, what do you, you had four, five, how many, you know, how, I mean, there's so many of them hearing, right? So I said, yeah, well, seven have, have crossed over. And she said, well, one of them is he, the, and, and is his, it starts, starts with eight. Well, I said, Hanky, you know, Hanky, he goes by Hanky. And I said, yes, <laughs> that was his nickname. And, um, he said, uh, she said to me, he, he knew that you, that he was your favorite. And because you worked very hard with him because he was so sick and he was, he was sick for six years. So she had, she had this kind of flavor that she, he was talking to her like, and, and you went over and above. He said, she went over, mom went over and above, you know, but, but that, that was really important for me because I was so sick. And then, then I would ask her, like, all of a sudden, somebody else has, has some mobility issues. And I said, because I have black pugs and fawn pugs, you know, over time. And I said, light or dark, you know, and she said light. And then, I rem- of course, I remember Noel was quadriplegic. She had started paraplegic, and then she became quadriplegic. And she goes, oh. And then she said, you know, she has. She wants you to know that she had no regrets of when you took her to be euthanized because that was what you needed to do for me at the time. Um, so, and then they all kind of chimed in about mom and and live, loving you know their lives and all these things and kind of Lulu came in too. Um, so it, it was it was so much because there were so many of them. She goes, I, I think they're all here, you know. Um, and she said something with the teeth. And so she had, she was actually having some kind of conversations with them, which I thought was really interesting. The end, the, the, what happened by the end, because we were running out of time, is she, she said to me, are you looking for another, you're, you're getting another dog. Now, of course, I never said that to her. And we had, you know, put in an application for a uh, French bulldog rescue, um, you know, little boy. And I we I don't think we had necessarily known we were getting him. I mean, we are now, but she said all of them 
say, take him. It's good that you take him because he will be special. I was like, okay. Which I thought was really, you know, interesting, right? That they all chimed in. A very reassuring, right? That's the the mess the the overall feeling of the consultation is very reassuring, it sounds to me. It's very positive. Yeah. Yeah, very positive. And it's you know, it's so hard to it's so hard to know what to think about these kinds of things. And I and you know, I've had experiences with a medium and I've had I regularly have some experiences with feeling dogs' presences after mm -hmm. they are deceased. And still I'm pretty skeptical. Well, that. right, right. And it takes place mm -hmm. in this other frame of consciousness that we're not usually in. So so I'll tell you, I was just telling you a few minutes ago. So we have a new pu I have a new puppy and I can feel Abigail around. Yeah. And Abigail died on uh, August 23rd. And I feel very much that she's around and almost like playing with the new puppy and being very like happy that there's another dog here playing with their toys. On the other hand, I do not feel Isabel around at all. Isabel died June 19th. And I did, I actually saw Isabel a couple times right after she died. Very, very much. I mean, I saw her, I felt like she was definitely there for a bit. And even as I say that, it's kind of like in this place of, you know, I don't even, I don't know what to make of it. It's not, it's not, it's not real in the sense that everyday experiences. And, 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 you know, I've told you about an experience with a psychic who, who predicted my relationship with Tim very assertively, like, yeah. you know, telling me his name, who predicted that I would write books before I'd written even an article was very assertive about that said four or five books I've written or co-authored four books. And, and that was before any of that happened. And so I believe in it and I, I practice it sometimes in terms of I see things and experience things. And yet it still is in sort of a sideways well, realm of consciousness, right? right? It's, it's, well, because it's a whole different, it's a whole different dimension, right? Yeah, so we're not in that dimension. So, you know, so, so what I did is, so I looked up some animal communicators online mm -hmm. And some mm -hmm. stories. So I had one story. Um, the woman who wrote it was Jill Karen's K-A-R-E-N. Um, uh, it's how an animal communicator brought me to tears. It came out uh, in, in, in uh, November of 2020. So she she was a non-believer. Like, you know, mm -hmm. she wasn't sure about what she was going to get from this animal communicator, animal medium. And she had two dogs that passed away within a few months of each other. And they both had lived with her for about 14 years. So she had questions. So the psychic said, give me some questions and, and I will, I will try to answer them. So her first question was, are my girls together in spirit? Um, and they said, they, she said they were for a very short time. One was in spirit when the other met her but they then they moved on to go back into one moved on to go back into the body of another waiting vessel. So here is the reincarnation part, right? So one, the first one that died was on her way to to become a, a, a 
go into another another animal, another animal mm -hmm. sort. Um, and so she that was interesting, right? Because there there's that reincarnation. The second question was, are, are they mad at me for letting them go? Because I think that they both had the euthanized. And the medium said, absolutely not, positively not. They, they were not mad. And then the question was, were they suffering? And I did not know it while they were still alive, because that's a question we would ask, right? Were they in pain? Was there something going on with them that we didn't pick up? And the medium said, one, one said she was in pain in her lower back, but she was not suffering. And the other said she was having a little bit of trouble breathing, you know, but she kind of left it there. You know, she didn't see. Well, anything. one of the things that I'm always thinking about when I hear this kind of story is, the medium is is more than a is more than a an interpreter they're also i'm assuming i don't know i don't know how it could be otherwise shaping the message so no if, yeah I, that's the question. question are they suffering and you of course she knows that the person asking the question wants the answer to be no, no. so it's interesting that she kind of couched it in well she was having a little trouble but it wasn't like she was in excruciating pain. It's very interesting that, that all of that. I mean, well, to me, it, it's more it's more meaningful that she actually said there was some pain yeah. rather than no, no suffering. They weren't in any pain. They weren't in any discomfort because that would sound like it was like. Yeah, that would be too. too pan, Almost uh, pandering. Right. right. Yeah. It, would be, it would be too long. So, um, so then she had gotten a new dog. And so the other question was, did they send her new dog to her, the new one? And the medium said they didn't send the new dog to her, but one chose her body as a vessel of her spirit. So her last dog came back and the dog she got. <laughs> she loved and her. She has she evidence, her. right? She wanted to come back. The other had already found a new vessel with another family. So, so and then she freaked out with that, right? She was blown away. And then she realized, because I think I have it. So when the, the new dog came, right, she had very similar behaviors to the one who had died, right? So she never, she, when she came in, she didn't jump on any couches, which is unusual for dogs. I mean, you know, they'll, they'll jump around. Um, the dog slept in the same spot as the other dog in her bedroom. She took her cookie to the same spot to eat. Uh -huh. She found the water bowl and the food bowl before it was even taken out. She went to the cabinet, you know, where it was. Um, she snuggled and buried her head in her armpit, which the other dog had done. Um, and she could walk off leash and stay by her side. And it was so, an adult dog? That yeah, it was, an, it was an adult. But I, it, so all of those things her deceased dog had done that the new one was doing. So, and so she really believed that, you know, this was her, her original dog. Um, and then the uh, one question was, do they do anything to let me know they're ne nearby? And, and of course one is with her all the time. Um, and the other um, has, has been around outside. There, there wasn't any detail about that. So I thought that that was pretty interesting because she could list the behaviors that were the same as her deceased dog. Yeah. And I'm assuming that the timing works out. Like the, right. exactly. that, 
her dog died before the other dog was born. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I guess it wouldn't make sense otherwise. Yeah, right. right. So I thought that that was, that was pretty interesting. Yeah, it's, um, it's fascinating. And so the, there was another article <clears throat> from an animal communicator, and these are some of the things that she has said. The Rainbow Bridge is real. Okay, we always talked about the Rainbow Bridge. This is where yeah. all the animals go over when they pass on. Um, and, you know, and and so that is a, that's the, the concept. This is real. Um, your pets will escort you across the Rainbow Bridge when you die. So they'll all come for you and take you across the bridge. Okay. Um, <laughs> now, this particular woman did not believe they were reincarnated. So this is different than the first woman, uh -huh. you know, because she said they're there. And, and, and I did look that up. And more people believe that they are uh, reincarnated than not. Um, and they can choose different species, actually. They don't have to come back, actually, as a dog or a cat. Um, and they can, But they can come back to the same family. Um, so, but the love remains the same, even if they choose not to return. Okay. Well, you know, there's many people will kind of like you were describing before, will see deceased loved ones around their, their death, their deathbed. Mm -hmm. And I mean, very common. And I have family and friends who have shared those kinds of stories. And in fact, my mother, when she was at the end of her life, very end, she would see a little girl come. She didn't know who she was, but it was the same, the same spirit that she would, who she would describe as being present periodically shortly before she died. So I think that's very common. I, but you have stories of people who have seen people and pets come in spirit before they pass pass over, right? Did, did your mother, did you know at all who the little girl was? Nope, she didn't know who she was. She never knew. But she would talk, she would describe her, but she didn't have any name or any real reference for her. Oh, that's interesting. So some of the other things that um, she, the, this animal communicator said, you know, the one who's talking about the rainbow bridge, your pets come to visit you all the time. Um, your pets school, your new pets, on what it's like at, in the house. Um, if you are overcome with grief, though, it's a little harder for your animal spirit to visit. It's a little bit because there's like it's too much like emotion, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but they know you loved them and they will love you forever. And they are never angry with your part in, 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 your, in their death. So if you euthanize them, they're, they're never angry which I thought was really cool. I think animals live with equanimity. Like they're, they take things as they come for the most part. Right? Yeah, they live in the moment, right? Yeah. Because they don't the have a concept of time. Do. They don't have a concept. I mean, I think they know routines. And yeah. I think they also, they have a connection to you. But the time factor is not there. Like we, we've talked about this. Like a lot of people would come into the group. I've killed my animal. They knew I was killing them. They knew I was talking. But that's that's not. They, they wouldn't know they were dying. They would know that their 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 pet parent was upset. Yeah. Was yeah. was having an yeah. emotional reaction. Yeah. But they don't really have the comprehension of what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So. Which is something I I was really upset as Abigail was dying, <clears throat> really upset, and I regret that a bit because I feel like it it 
probably made her more anxious than anything else. Yeah. But it was very pain. I mean, it's just I couldn't oh, really control painful. it. It was very, I was very upset. Of course um, you would be, you know. And uh, but I, I do feel like they live in the moment and they they're a rounded spirit. They're probably accepting reality, you know, what things <laughs> the way things are. That's who that's I mean that they kind of and, and well that's the interesting thing about in the wild when they're dying, they go away and they die. I mean, they don't there's that's just kind of what they do. You know, there's no yeah, thought yeah. about going to a vet or no thought about getting medication. I mean, they just will die. You know, that's kind of their instinct. You but, you had some stories about people but, who on their death beds were yeah, visited death by people and their pets, right? Right. So, yeah. so there was there from um there was a near death experience research foundation. I guess that's a foundation, near death experience research. And so there were some some uh, stories here. A young seaman who recalled an experience that followed a life-threatening fall from a Navy pier. So you know, young guy, I guess he had fallen and um, he lost consciousness. Um, after losing consciousness, he found himself in an absolutely beautiful green field of grass with his canine friend who had died. Um, after the reunion, he suddenly became aware that he was in a medical unit because somebody was yelling at him to wake up. But at that moment when he passed, or I guess there was a passing over, um, he was there with his, his dog. Well, when people describe that kind of experience, they often will say that time becomes very different. <clears throat> right. That they can, that time can, can feel like there's a vast expanse of time and really what's past is, is moments, seconds even, you know? And yet it would be a whole different feeling when you're in it, right? It's yeah, like yeah. Different thing. So, um, so and he when he woke up or got you know was able to talk, he described that time of, of, with the dog. It was very brief but very real. There was not a single aspect of that experience which I did which did not feel real. So there's a there's a book that I read recently. I probably have referenced it. It's called After. That's right here. I'm going to grab it. It's called After. And the author is a physician by the name of Bruce Grayson. Grayson. Okay. And, yep. uh, and he is probably at that institute that you described. And he's been studying near-death experiences for 40 years. And he talks about how people who have these experiences will say they are more real than everyday life. Yeah. Right. How, how, you know, that that's the way they experience them, <clears throat> that they are more that they are. It's it's a clearer, just a it's more real than real life. So isn't it as fascinating, right? It's one of those things because you'd have to have that experience to, to understand. Yeah. That. Well, his his hypothesis is that. When we are inside our bodies. We are less. We are we are less free right. to experience we're more contained yeah. and right. that consciousness outside of the container of our physical body is even brighter like people talk about colors that they can't describe because they're outside the spectrum of what we see with our eyes and they'll talk about time and 
And so there's that that's his hypothesis that that in fact his hypothesis is that consciousness originates outside of our physical body and it's sort of projected in for and we are like an analogy would be like we are like cell phones that that ground us in the in the physical world it's very interesting he's a very learned man and has been studying this for a very long time and i'm gonna, I, I'm gonna read that i have to read that book yeah it's very interesting but it relates very much to what you said about it being so real and this, mm. this and there's another one here a 13 year old who was dying would have dreams of her deceased lab he is in a good place he occasionally comes to see me and i have a feeling he is there to say it is okay Mm -hmm. a safe place those dreams brought this child solace and the comfort of knowing she would be entering a safe place with her furry friend um now this and then they go into the visions right at the end of life a person may have a vision of someone who has passed one dying woman had a vision of her deceased husband and dog mm -hmm. she stated that her husband had taken her hand along with the dog um and told her he would show her the path to follow to be able to die peacefully wow so very but, comforting. But the dogs are there, right? Or they are the cats are there. The animals are present. Yeah. You know, which I think is really, really important for people. Um, so there is, oh, so there is a book. Let's see. What, what's the book? Oh, so A New Look at Evidence for Life After Death by Carlos Osis, O-S-I-S, and Erlander. Haroldson. That sounds Swedish. It's been, I don't know. Those are people that are in a different country, I believe. They estimate that about 62 of their patients, the patients in their study had had these visions, these types of visions, 24 hours before death. Oh, very, very common. Yeah. yeah. Very, very common. Yeah. And, and they are universally, I shouldn't say universally, but I'm thinking about this book that I just mentioned almost universally experienced as very soothing yeah, very positive comforting. very yeah. comforting yeah yeah is that cool so um and then we talked about before after it's common for the dogs or cats make appearances after they die you know obviously and the visits come in many forms we've talked about that before you know hearing the clicking you know of, of the nails or the barks or seeing them out of your corner of your eye um, so, and that is a Michael Fox DBM dog body, dog mind, exploring canine consciousness and total well-being. That was so it's interesting. I do have an update too. Remember, we talked about a couple weeks ago. I was working with three people with three dogs that were very elderly and sick. They are all still alive. Uh -huh. They're all still alive. <clears throat> And one of them was they. She had she had actually set up for a euthanasia, that uh, to come out. I and I didn't hear back, and so a week went by or so. When I got to her, and she goes, "Oh, she's she's okay, she's better." So all three women, all of the dogs, are still alive. There, it's not time yet. It's not their time. Yet. <laughs> Even though there was a lot of panic during during that week. Remember, it was a whole week, and all these things were happening in one week. Yeah. And that was like three weeks ago, and there's still one. So it's okay. That's it's good. Okay. I mean, the long the longer we can be with them, yeah, the better it short. is. You know, I have this I have this little puppy, and I, because of losing these other two so recently, I am. It is so impressed upon me how short our time oh. together is, and really how short our lives are 
and their lives are, of course, much, much shorter. But it's it's something like the the to keep that impression in my head, like I'm holding this little dog who every day is bigger than she was the day before. I keep like I had to put a new hole in her collar because the the, the next one was a little too loose, but the one it was on was a little too tight. And it's I I swear I pick her up and it's like wow, and she's gained she's gained a pound and a half in less than a week. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so unless I know a week, it was a week. It was a week ago that I adopted her, so she's gained a pound and a half. Oh my god! So and and how big is she gonna get? They think about forty pounds. She's now nine and a half pounds, or or I, anywhere from from twenty five to forty. It's hard to know because that's a big big difference. You have no idea what her what her parentage is, but she's going through a growth spurt at two and a two. She'll be three months old the 25th, which is two days from now. So, <laughs> well, when, when we're having a hard time naming our dog, the new one, and, um, he, he came with Noah, but we thought, but he doesn't answer to Noah, according to the foster mother, he answers to Ozzy. Now, A-Z-I-Z in Turkish is precious, but I'm not sure about Ozzy. So yeah. of course now, um, you know, people are doing Brooklyn or something. So I said, Bronx, right? My husband's from the Bronx, right? So we call him Bronx. And of course, there's a saying in the Bronx about boogie down Bronx. So now uh, he wants that name of boogie. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, whatever fits. Like our dog, Tim was saying, maybe you should call her Lucy. And I don't know. He might have come up with Hildy or my, I might, but she looks very schnauzery, you know, like. She's Hildy. So. He's a Hildy. <laughs> like, so, so that's what, so that worked. Hildegard. Hildegard is a beautiful Hildy name. is what her friends call her. That's right. <laughs> but, but her name, I might have mentioned that at the shelter, they named her Pookie. And no, I no. will not, I will not have a Pookie in my home. No, I understand. <laughs> I wouldn't be, I wouldn't do Pookie. Either. So all of this to say, I think, there's there's so much we don't know. Oh, I know. There's so much that is open to experience and and, and you know to what extent do we have an open heart and an openness to to the possibilities? Is there right. really you know because there's you know there are things we're never going to understand. No. I was thinking about this today because as I mentioned, we have a number of friends and family in our lives who are mm-hmm. going through really profound illnesses that are said to be likely to be terminal. And I was wondering, like, will we ever really understand? Will we ever really know what happens? And I think the answer is no, no. because we we can't be 100% clear. And then I say, well, you know, tech, technology is always racing forward. So who knows? And we do have stories of people who are very clearly recalling past lives. So yes. Well, I will say this to end. I mean, I really got a lot. It was really comforting for me to talk, to to know that they're all there and they watch. And, and it was really interesting because my dad said, you know, we do watch over you. You know, my well, mother. Same, when we went to the communicator, they, they were saying that both of my sons, she was saying that both of my son's grandparents are always checking in on him. He was seeing them. He yeah. was a little baby. He was seeing, you know, people on the wall. And that's why we started going to the, the communicator because we were wondering what that was about. And 
he's seen all kinds of things. So, and this communicator told me that I see all kinds of spirits and whatnot too, which I do, but I don't, I don't see them as clearly often as some of these people do clearly, you know? Now, the other so, thing is if somebody, I don't, I didn't want to give the name of the communicator, um, on air, but if somebody's interested, you can, you can email me. Okay. All right. Great. Great. Well, as always, Nancy, a fascinating conversation. Oh, yeah. Very, very much so. <laughs> and uh, I'll look forward to talking with you again Sweet. next week, if not before. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Take care. Bye. -bye.